Welcome to Patriots Nation UK, brought to you by me, your host, Matt Inkstar. Hello and welcome to another episode of Patriots Nation UK. I am your host, Matt Inkster. Um, I am on my own, so hello, good afternoon, good evening, good night, good morning, wherever you might be in the world listening to this. This is my dulcet tones. Um, this is Patriots Nation UK. Um, Nick is sick. We've been trying all week to get something organised, but he's just not got any better, unfortunately. I am still a big snot monster myself. So I will be battling through this on my own today, unfortunately. However, because this is late in the week, um, you'll notice it's a longer episode, but it's longer for two reasons. One, I'll cover the Cowboys game. Two, I'll cover the Texans game. Well, more reasons than two, let's say. Um, Three, we've got a brilliant guest lined up, um, but more on that just shortly. However, onto the housekeeping as per usual. Rate, review and subscribe, guys. Um... Any iTunes reviews, um, ratings, etc. is much appreciated. Um, but even probably more importantly than that, is just actually tell your friends, tell your mum, tell your dog, tell your wife, tell your sister, whoever it may be. Just um, pass it on. It's something I've not done in a little while. Um, is actually just tell you to pass it on. You know, if you're listening to this right now and you know someone else that's a Patriots fan, just tell them. Tell them that you know you listen to a couple of Scottish idiots um, from the United Kingdom who chat about Patriots in a bit of bants. Um, tell them to tune in and listen. It all helps. It all expands and grows our view, our viewership, our listenership. Um, because you can't see me right now, you can only listen to me. Um, so yeah, tell all your all your mates, all your Patriots loving fan um, friends and family that you listen to. Uh, a couple of Scot- a couple of Scottish dudes um, chatting Patriots. As well as that, we've got PatriotsNationUK.com. It's where you'll find the written work. Uh, try and put up an article as much as possible. Um, not done one in a week or so, I don't think, unfortunately. Just... <coughs> Excuse me. Um, <coughs> mainly because I've been flat out with work and family life and things and... And when I've not been doing that, I've been recording the podcast for you guys. Um, I think last week, I I can't remember how how much time I sat in front of the computer. But that's by the wayside. Um, PatriotsNationUK.com, at Matt Inkster on Twitter, at PatsNationUKPod on Twitter for the actual podcast Twitter. And for co-host Nick, it's at the underscore panic. You'll find him there. So... Um, once we've got past all that good stuff, um, I am recording this on Friday 29th November. Tomorrow is Saturday 30th November, which might not seem like a, a big date in the calendar to some, unless it's your birthday or your wedding anniversary or something similar of that ilk. But here in Scotland, it is St Andrew's Day. St Andrew's Day is, or St Andrew, is the patron saint of Scotland. You might have heard of St. Patrick's Day on March 17th. Everyone goes wild, gets tricolour flags on the go, and we all go nuts and drink some Guinness. The little cousin, brother, um, nephew, whatever you may well call it, um, St. Andrew, is the patron saint of Scotland, um, which 
is basically, you know, tomorrow is Scottish Day in theory. It's St Andrew's Day here in Scotland. We celebrate with some Iron Brew. That's I R N. Indigo Romeo November. B R U. Bravo Romeo Uniform. Iron Brew. We celebrate with some of that. We celebrate with some haggis, black pudding, um, a little bit of a spread. You know, it's in Scotland. It's not celebrated enough, unfortunately. It should be celebrated more. More people go mad and wild for it on St Paddy's Day in March, which is a bit of a shame, really. But I mean, it's it's Irish-themed bars and such like all over the world. I mean, you can go to. Nigeria or Japan or whatever it might be and you will find an Irish bar more than likely and it's great because generally they have UK Sky Sports or such like so it's brilliant if you're a Pats fan or an NFL fan in general that'll be where at least you can rely on that you might be where you think is the back end of nowhere but if you find an Irish bar generally you'll probably find um, NFL football on a Sunday evening or Sunday night, Sunday morning, whatever it might be in that time zone. But apart from that, you'll always get some good crack uh, and some Guinness. But that is not now, that is in March. Tomorrow is St Andrew's Day. Moving on to the Cowboys game. Um, overall, pleased. A win's a win. Nothing spectacular. Nothing untoward as such. I mean, the the offence isn't firing on all cylinders, as we've gone over in a number of weeks. However, um, Nikhil Harry got his first touchdown. I did think he might get at least two on the day, but especially after he got his first one, but it just wasn't to be. I think the the last couple of weeks against the Eagles and then the Cowboys, it's, the weather's been atrocious in both stadiums, uh, in Philadelphia and at home in Foxborough. <coughs> And yeah, it just wasn't conducive to an offensive atmosphere. wasn't conducive to racking up the points. It was always going to be a low-scoring game. But the big thing was the defence. Defence completely, can, pretty much controlled um, the I supposed number one offence in football. That is of the, the Dallas Cowboys. Zeke was held for... 86 rushing yards, I think he got some more pass catching yards, he was roughly around 100 mark I think for total scrimmage yards Amari Cooper was completely shut out, I'll get to that in just a second Gallup done a couple of catches, Cobb had a few decent catches, but overall the defence was stellar, it was strong it was solid, held them a few field goals and that was that Um, we did what we need to do um, to get the job done Addressing the Tom Brady situation, yes, he's not been performing well. However, do we really need him to perform well? Possibly, um, perhaps not. Nick has said of um, a couple of weeks ago, he said, you know, if a team can score 20 points on us, we will struggle to overcome them. I sort of agree with it, but at the same time, you know, I can't just say, oh, it's Tom Brady, whatever. Um, but he can step up his game, I think. I think the offence in general can step up their game. If it was a playoff picture or a Super Bowl or whatever, and it was against the Cowboys on Sunday, even in those conditions, I don't think they're scoring as few points as they actually did. I think they would be scoring a lot more um, than they actually did. And 
it would probably be a lot more convincing performance. However, as Tom Brady himself said a couple of weeks ago, special teams and the defence are playing lights out. And, yeah, you know, I've always been of the ilk and the thought that defence wins championships. And it may, be, may very well be this the case this season more than ever if the New England Patriots go on to get their seventh ring that, you know, as a you might have a Super Bowl MVP, you might have a a playoff MVP, but over the course of the season so far, I think the defense in general as is the MVP overall. And speaking of the defense as well, Stefan Gilmore, he was lights out. I'm a Cooper that I touched on a couple of minutes ago. He he wasn't in the game, just completely not in the game and there was only one reason and one man for that and that was shut down corner Stefan Gilmore he played astounding in that game he's played astounding in the past few weeks and he's you'll have all seen the comments come out after the Eagles game he felt like he had Zach Ertz in his back pocket and I think he did and for the Eagles you know everything pretty much ran through him and if he didn't if he wasn't getting the ball at all, the chains weren't moving for the Eagles. And similarly with um, the Cowboys, they just couldn't move things either um, without their star wide receiver you know, catching the ball. And he wasn't going to catch the ball because Gilmore was on top of him and had him in his back pocket the whole game. Dak uh, is kind of... You know, speaking of the game yesterday and Thanksgiving and of last week, he's kind of regressed a bit this week in the last couple of games. He's not looking the MVP candidate that they were touting him for because of the amount of yardage that he's thrown. And he, I didn't think he had a particularly good game, but I don't think that mattered. The, whatever kind of game he was having, the, the defence was going to, run all over it they they stop as i mentioned they've stopped zeke for a number of yards tony pollard looked decent on a couple of chunk plays that he got but again nothing spectacular and the special teams um and especially shout out to matt slater he got special teamer of the week for the afc this week for his block on that punt which then gave a short yardage towards the end zone which led to the mary cooper um mary cooper the Nikhil harry um touchdown um, which ultimately, you know, helped us stretch the lead and secure the win. So shout out to Matt Slater and shout out to Stefan Gilmore. If it's myself, um, I'm not sure Nick's opinion on this one, but the until otherwise named Jake Bailey Award for basic man the match performance essentially, to me has to go to uh, Gilmore um, himself, Matt Slater. Brilliant on special teams as per usual. Chuck him in the Hall of Fame now. Um, yesterday, last week, you know, he if he doesn't get to the Hall of Fame eventually, I'd, there's something far wrong with the, that voting system that they have. And maybe you'll argue they have. There is something wrong with that voting system in general. Um, but that's a conversation for another day. The for so for me the Jake Bailey Award goes to Stefan Gilmore for his performance in shutting out Manny Cooper. He was stand out in that defence, and you know long may it continue as we head towards the Texans this week. 
um, hopefully can shut out Hopkins and you know we've got the Chiefs and I dare say you might be put on Hill but maybe you might get cover over the top from one of the safeties as well because of Hill's speed um, but we'll see how that pans out in a couple of weeks time so with that being said I think you know overall with the Cowboys game we're I mean we're still on a ridiculous stretch of um, wins versus losses for the season it's a really privileged position to be sitting here kind of sort of downbeat after that performance but as you'll hear in the interview just shortly um, I take on the Texans game so I won't say too much on the Texans because you'll hear all that shortly but final thoughts on the Cowboys a win's a win um, take it on the next next step next stage um, next game up is against the Texans and you know we'll put this behind us the last couple of weeks as I say the, the weather has been atrocious um, but we're going into better conditions in Energy Stadium this week and I think that you know you'll see a completely different game and so without further ado I'll cut to my conversation with Ewan from the Turn Up For What podcast um, those guys do a great job over there covering the, the Texans for, similar to myself and Nick you know they're this side of the pond as it were they're in the UK um, and they do a great great job covering the their team from their angle just similar to myself and Nick so if you're that way inclined that you might want to listen to another team podcast especially with the the game coming up this weekend and primetime Sunday night football which will be an absolute shitstorm of a, a late night for most of us unfortunately with the kick off the back of one here in the UK listen to those guys give them a like on Twitter Twitter handle is at podcast Texans so that's at podcast Texans give them a follow on Twitter and you know have a bit of bants with them over the weekend and on Sunday night it might actually keep you awake rather than falling asleep more than likely which I will do um, but I'm off on Monday so I can catch up on anything I've missed uh, on Monday morning um, before I hit on the social media channels again so as I say, without further ado, I'll pass over to Ewan and my conversation with him for Turn Up For What podcast. And joining us this week on the Turn Up For What podcast, we've got Matthew, who's 50% of the Patriot Nation UK podcast. Matthew, how you doing? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. How's yourself? Good, thanks. Good. Well, better after a win, uh, not like the, the week before against the the Ravens after watching the, their performance last night. It, mm. uh, <laughs> it makes it, it, makes it uh, seem a little better, but um, you've got to be potentially worried about them catching you for the number one seed, have you? Um, yes and no. The, as long as we keep performing, I mean, we've got obviously yourselves, we'll get past yourselves and then the Texans then possibly the Bills could give us a bit of a jet, but apart from that, you know, we've got a reasonable run-in with the, the Redskins and Jets and Dolphins left as well. Um, not the Redskins, the, the Bengals, sorry. So, yeah, I mean, if we can get past this next two weeks into mid-December, um, still with only the one defeat, then I can't see us catching us for the, the number one seed then, but it's, it's all to play for, and especially, you know, as you say, after last night's performance of um, what they did against the Rams, the, they're they're looking good. 
and there's no denying it. But the playoffs are a different beast, and if we have to face them again, then I'm fairly certain that you know it's not going to be the same as what it was before, and certainly. Same with you guys. I don't think if you guys faced them again, it would be the same scoreline um, either. Yeah, I actually wrote in my column that, or a, a sort of theory potentially, that uh, that Belichick was happy to take the loss in the regular season so he could get all their best stuff out on tape and see what they would do against them and how they would match up, and uh, offer the offer the grander plan of taking them on in the in the uh, in the playoffs. Mm, and. Myself and Nick on on Patriots Nation UK, we have dis- discussed that very sort of thing, and I I posed the question to him, and we both were in agreement that you know we're we're not in it for losses. I I I don't care if it's you know the a regular season game, and obviously you don't want them in the playoffs either. That's because it's one and done. Then at that point, um, soon you lose your out. But I want to win every game, and even though. Were, were lost in the manner and they might have played better than us. It, it still grinds my gears and grits my teeth a little bit. <laughs> so, um, no, I, I can understand the theory behind it, but if the, every week you can gain film on on players and teams. So, no, it was still a bit of a, a, a gut-wrenching one, so I guess uh, is one way to put it. As you touched on the, the schedule there, and I don't know how you, what you... How you, or how it came about, certainly, but for the reigning Super Bowl champions to be ten and one, but by my count, but it's only the Steelers and Bills who you've played so far who have had a winning record. Is that right? Um, yeah. The uh, at the time, the the Steelers were a team that were um, obviously start the season looking to progress from what what they done last year, but it didn't. They just didn't turn up that game at the start of the season. Um, and then since then, obviously, Big Ben's gone down. Um, they're to and fro in between quarterbacks and such like. So the, they've turned out not to be a team to be reckoned with this year. I mean, I even saw a thing today that I think it maybe came from the Gridiron Preview magazine. You, the, you know, the big thick one that they do yeah, at the start yeah. of the season. I think it maybe came from there that... Um, Neil Reynolds actually had the Steelers pretty much winning that division with the Ravens doing well, but not as well as they've actually done. So, I mean, we could all say what we want at the start of the season and then it actually starts and we're, we're, we end up with something completely different, as as we can see. I mean, who who reckoned the 49ers were going to be doing what they were doing this year? Um, Bills, the, that was a tough game. We'll let Gore run for 100 yards plus. Um, and that one, but ultimately we came out with a win. And yeah, um, Ravens, obviously, we've talked about as well, that they give us a bit of a, a shoe in, I guess, is one Scottish phrase for it. Um, but again, we're, we're still in it. We'll live to fight another day. Yeah, what do you think's been uh, the driver then of the, the offence? If you look at Dallas on Sunday, it was 13 points, 10 of which was pretty much handed to, to the to the. Oh, uh, to to Brady and, and, and then Q Harry gets his first touchdown there and off the special teams uh, turnover and then against the week and then the week prior against Philadelphia as well seventeen points but seven of those was from a, a Julian Edelman trip play so what do you think sort of limiting the offense to putting up the points that it was earlier in the season? Um, weather with those two weeks I'm not I'm not going 
going to sit here and say it's solely down to weather, but that's certainly a factor. We're, we've played two weeks in dismal, blustery, horrendous conditions, kind of what we're used to um, in our neck of the woods here in the UK, really, what, what, what we've seen, you know, time, not time and again, but, you know, so very often, more often than not, maybe that when the London games are played, it's not the greatest of conditions, and then you see that with the pitch turning up the, the way it does. Um, luckily enough, the times I've I've managed to go, it's been gloriously sunny days, so it's been all right. But yeah, certainly the weather with that one. Um, injuries have played a part. Rex Burkhead, unfortunately, as per usual, hasn't really um, been fit and healthy all year, but it was going to be expected. Dorset now went down. He was out with the um, league, wouldn't clear him out of concussion protocol for Sunday past against the Cowboys after what um, the hit he took in, in the touchdown that he got against the Eagles. Um, we've got rookies to bed in. We've had an ever-changing offence. I mean, last week, um, I, did a, I did a special podcast with Steve Balistrieri, who's one of the beat writers for um, for the Patriots, and we were talking about it on there. And I mean, we started off with Bruce Ellington, as one of our receivers when we went into minicamp in like, April, May time. And then he turns up, what was that, two weeks ago, he turns up as a, a receiver in the Colin Kaepernick saga. So, and we've obviously had Brown in and out of the team and the nonsense that came with that. And it's just been an, a revolving door of receivers and trying to get people fluid and into the actual scheme of things. And it's been more more difficult than some would maybe suggest it is and it's just one of these things I mean at the end of the day I think picking up a W is the the most important part in each one as it comes then I'll take it with with relating it to like European soccer you'll quite happily take 1-0 wins every weekend if it means your team are sitting at the top of the league so I, I guess with that thought process in that case you know I can't really moan at 10 and 1 if you if myself and Nick will sit there and pick apart the game and say we could have done this better could have done that better but at the end of the day um, Patriots are sitting 10 and 1 so got to be happy with that I guess yeah I think so it's interesting because you know obviously there'd be well it's, uh, there's probably 30 odd other fan bases there that would, would take up we take a ten and one start to the season. Yeah, I mean, exactly. the te- yeah, I mean in that in that being said, it's just, it's a I've got limited sympathy for <laughs> for the Patriots <laughs> and the, the success that they've had. And I mean they're still eighth in passing currently in the league and um you know Brady's still, you know, I think he's he's coming under a bit of criticism, but um but again it's it's um it's potentially the situation he finds himself in. I think obviously Isaiah Wynn, the former uh, Georgia left tackle, has come back. Obviously, that's been a boost. Uh, obviously, Andrews has been out for the year. Marcus Cannon was sick as sick as a dog, I think, when he played on on Sunday, and he managed to get through uh, just because they were short, you know, at, at the five positions on the line. But considering Sony Michelle had such a great season last year, they currently sit twenty third in the in, in rushing yards. What do you think? Behind that, is it the line or is 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 that a wider a wider scaling issue? Um, a bit of both. That you touched on it there. Wins come back now, so that sh- should, in theory, I mean we're seeing. I think it was eighty six yards or so, or so roughly that kind of figure he got um, from Sunday. So it's showing a difference there as to what 
um, wins actually going to do. Win wasn't great, and in some aspects, he was still beaten quite a lot by Robert Quinn, um, and putting pressure. And Quinn was pretty good in putting pressure on Brady over over the course of the game on Sunday. Um, the the uh, the whole dy- dynamism <laughs> um, of the actual run game. I mean. Last year it was if Sony's in the game, you're running up the gut, sort of like Mark Ingram does, or what um, you expect from Fournette at the Jags, you know, something like that. And then if James White's in the game, you're kind of expecting an RPO of some sort, um, him to come out and do some pass catching out the backfield. I think this year has been a lot of experimental trying to get Sony more into the pass catching game. It's just not worked out. I think one game he'd twice Brady looked at him and twice he dropped it and it was like right that's it that's a kind of game plan scrap let's go back to what we know best um overall the line in general though hasn't been great I mean even on Sunday when as I say Quinn was got through when semi-often um the whose name am I forgetting Chuck Mason um he had a pretty terrible game. He anything down that right side wasn't really great for um, the Patriots line in general. The they were coming quite fast and heavy at Brady. But over the course of the season, just in general, we've had a couple of different tackles come in, and Newhouse was the sort of mainstay at left tackle. But and I thought he was improving, and he kind of was. But then maybe if you take into consideration the opposition he was up against, he actually wasn't and then against the Ravens he was just completely found out he was like he just looked like he was running through mud and at one point looked like he'd actually just given up you know he didn't even try and track back and um try and get the sack taken away from Brady it was uh, you know just (laughs) kind of stood there arms wide and goes well that's me kind of done he's he's done me in and oops oh well he's got to my quarterback so I think over the course of the season, it's been a mixture of things, really. Michelle's not... I think it was game six or or before Michelle actually had a run that he got yards um, after contact. I mean, that's not good from a back. I mean, you've you seen the game last night. Ingram was just bowling over players left, right and centre. That's what you want from one year back. So it's maybe just a bit of second-year regression um, as well. And as I, say, the, as I said earlier, Burkhead... He's been in and out the team and not really there as such. Hopefully he does the same as last year and comes back and even stronger for the playoffs. And James White's had a, a couple of stinkers, but at the same time he's had some really good fade catches over his shoulder um, running down the sideline And when he's been used more as an actual receiving threat than the pass catching back as he normally is. So overall... Um, it's been an issue and it's been a bugbear of mine all year that they've not been able to run the ball very well. And hopefully, fingers crossed, uh, this kind of kick-starts it that Michelle especially, um, he got some good yardage against the Cowboys on Sunday and we'll see how he goes towards Christmas in the new year. Yeah, it's funny because you think of the, well, the last two left tackles that have left New England. Uh, Nate Solder going to New York and then Trent Brown going over to Oakland and then moved over to the right side of their line but 
Uh, Dotty Skarnecki seems to be able to get, you know, solid to above average player, you know, players that don't necessarily. I mean, Trent Brown's done pretty well, to be fair, since he's gone over, but um, to play on the right side in Oakland, it's pretty good. Yeah, line well, he was a right side before he went to left side for us. We just kind of had to make do with, you know, plugged him in, plug and play essentially, but he actually ended up having a stellar season and getting the big money moved to Oakland. So I, I was pleased for him. I was sad to see him go, but pleased that, you know, that seems to be a, a sort of thing that we do in New England really is that the, if, when it's coming up the, a contract year, they play well. And then, I, I mean, Jamie Collins is one of the prime examples that has obviously come back this season that he went away, got his money and he's like, right, I'll come back and win some, possibly win some rings and trophies now. So, yeah, well, but got, yeah. He, yeah, I think he got sent to. Did he not get sent to Oakland after uh, turning up outside a police station uh, with no clothes on doing uh, snow angels? And uh, <laughs> that was his. Was that was that was that the right guy? Um, Collins went to Cleveland. Yeah. and then uh, came back again. Yeah, he he went and got his his payday, and um, he's he's back and he's playing really well this season actually. So I'm uh, pleased to see that for him as well. I don't think there's many teams that could probably bring a guy back on what was effectively a rookie level contract and get the level of performance that Collins has given that defence. I think it seems to be the New England way that they seem to be able to bring guys in and get the, the best at them. And a lot of guys, you know, if you look like at Flowers went to Detroit, they'll they'll send them packing if they're if they're chasing if they're chasing the payday. because um, mm-hmm. the the defence sort of mentality is the the sum of its greater than its parts. And um what do you think's the well, firstly, what do you think's been the strength of this defense this season, and where do you see weaknesses, if any, that the Texans can attack on Sunday? Um, we I'll start with the weakness and end with the positive. The weakness is, and although it seems to have got slightly better, judging by Sunday's game with um, Zeke being held for under a hundred yards, was the um, defending the run. Run has been a big um, sort of bugbear this year that they've not been the best at doing um, go or run for over 100 yards, as I mentioned. Um, obviously, the, the the Ravens, any of them could have run any amount of yardage. Even Gus Edwards managed to get quite a few yards on us, even though he's not um, considered the feature back. Um, so, yeah, the, our weakness is still the run, although it was slightly better, but we need to I don't know if it's the way they've set up the the sort of front seven that Danny Shelton seems to be doing a lot of the work and try to cover two or slash almost three players at, at some stages and the gaps just aren't being plugged and if they are being plugged on the inside and they're not on the outside, I'm not entirely sure if it's maybe just the actual like setup that they've gone for in certain um, defensive packages or not, but the the strong side of us in in general have well one has been the the rushing game our um, defensive ends and slash linebackers have been pretty good to, and whenever we go for blitzes we generally get a touch on the quarterback if not get the the pressure that the um what do you call it the you know he's the quarterback's generally got very little time especially when we're um, running blitzes at them and I think overall the the backfield has been pretty good Jason and Devin McCourty, the twins they've been having pretty decent standout seasons 
JC Jackson, John Jones um, as corners. They've done really well um, whenever they've played. And um, I think it's been, it was discussed on Around the NFL um, podcast when I was listening to that earlier. And it's been discussed in New England for the last two or three weeks, um, possibly. I think that certainly since the bye and overall, the, the course of the season, Stefan Gilmer has to be chucked in the mix for defensive um, player of the year, possibly. He's not being talked about that much over the, the national media, apart from, as I say, the Around the NFL podcast um, that I was listening to this week. But yeah, he's been he's been the cornerstone of that defence, really. And But any of them that have come in, in general, have stepped up. I mean, even Chase Winovich has managed to get a... A, a touchdown, although it was on special teams. See, uh, special teams, and any time he's come in, he's not looked out of place at all. So, uh, overall, again, I would say it'll be the backs and the the linebackers in general. Hightower has won the captains. He's had a pretty good year, which I, I'm chuffed about because he's one of my favourite players on the team. So I'm always glad to see him having a, a good game. But yeah, as I say, the weakness I would say is. Um, it's maybe not the most formidable backs we've, we've possibly come up against all year with um, Carlos Hyde and um, Duke Johnson, but still, it has to be stopped. Um, and until otherwise, then it'll always be an issue, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think if you look at the Patriots, they're averaging, you know, a measly eight, eight and a half points given up a game. Um, I think the biggest, the biggest stat really that probably stands out is the... Uh, is the 67 passes defended, 13 of which have come for Stefan Gilmore. So, yeah, I think you're probably right. It's He's he's had a, definitely an all-pro season. Uh, whether he'll get recognised beyond that is is probably difficult um, because people like sacks and they like and they like stat, you know, flashy stats and they kind of ignore TFLs and even though the net impact's the same. Uh, just like an MVP, will probably always be a quarterback. So um, it's it it's 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 it looks like a tough unit on paper. I think from a Texas point of view, I think our run game has been completely transformed and almost by a bit of chance. Duke Johnson's come in. Uh, we're sitting six in the league in rushing at the minute, and it's been a constant. It's been bar kind of a, a few kind of off weeks. We've been a real kind of strong performance and in, in the, on the on the on the running game, and it's given us balance that we that we probably didn't have um, in previous years. Um, and so, it's, it's, I think it's going to be a tough challenge. I think um, the way in which they've, they've turned the ball over um, New England and and, uh, and and they don't get that many sacks, but they but they certainly play disciplined football and um, you know make it difficult on on quarterbacks. I think in terms of in terms of your um, in terms of your opinion. Um, certainly, in a big change that we saw in the Colts game on Thursday night was the return of Will Fuller. This will be the first time with mm. Watson being at the Texans that the New England have had to deal with Will Fuller, and it gave the um, the, the Indianapolis Colts cornerbacks and, and safeties fits. And the reason why Hopkins had his two touchdowns is because the safeties were biting underneath on the routes that uh, that Hopkins and Kenny Stills were, were running underneath and it, let, um, it left Hopkins one-on-one outside. Now, traditionally, Belichick has always covered uh, with a safety over-the-top help um, on Hopkins. Do you see that being a, the, the case again on Sunday or do you think potentially Fuller will see more of the more of the attention from the from the covering players in behind? Um, if I was to take a stab at it, I would guess that it'll be 
generally Gilmore's put on the number one, which would be Hopkins. So he'll go man for man on him. And um, from our point of view, I hope that he has another game like he did on Sunday, completely shut out Amari Cooper from doing anything remotely um, good for the Cowboys. So if that's the case, a brilliant come Sunday night. Um, so on the opposite side, with um, Fuller and Stills and, you know, in, in sort of running the slots and stuff, it's going to have to be um, probably Jones or Jackson with then, you know, one of the McCourties um, covering as well. Um, so, yeah, that'll probably be a bit of, bit of that of where, where the, the man on man comes from, Gilmore, and then um, covering the other receivers and on the field will just be almost man for man as well, but with a sort of safety in mind that can hover in the middle and go left or right, depending on um, pretty much just staring at um, Watson's eyes to see where he's going pretty much and whichever way he's leaning towards, then that'll be the way that the the safety sort of turns and goes left or right. So that, that would be the way that I would see them doing it on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, I think obviously Watson had his probably his first big sort of stats and performance game in New England on the road in his rookie season, and probably a game under another set of circumstances with uh, with when um, when they got the late touchdown when the when uh, the the Texans DB had the had the late drop on the interception from Brady and it would ice the game and there's about three or four chances to kill it. They didn't take it and Brady cost them in a two-minute situation. Now, if the game on Sunday comes down to two minutes and four-minute drills um, and the game's tight and it's relatively low scoring under sort of the forty, the 46 points, uh, 46 and a half points that you often get the spread with, with the bootmakers, I've definitely seen it being under based on the, the points that um, that New England have put up in the last few weeks and then also the, the, the New England defence able to hold people out. Um, based on that, it, it, it's, it's tough to see to, to see Watson kind of not putting on a good performance because I think, that being said, there seemed a real resilience in the building during the week um, or, and certainly in the lead-up or the lead-off after the, after the Colts game that there's a desire in the build to, to finally have a result go our way. At the start of the season, I, I predicted... The Texans to win ten games this year, but to beat the Patriots along the way because I thought by purely by law of averages we're due one, <laughs> and it's been a mm-hmm. while. And this and this <laughs> is probably and this is probably the best offense we've had. Now our defense has regressed and we've lost what for the season, so that does cause me for concern. But you know when you see Julian Edelman having a league lead in eight drops to this point. Uh, and the way the offense can play now, it definitely didn't do itself any favors on the big stage at, in Baltimore a couple of weeks ago. But we're not alone in that, and they play a unique, uh, unique brand of offense. But the big, but the, uh, and, and it really kind of, it, it really kind of just pushed us out of the game early. But the big swing in that game, in fact, was that was the, the non-PI call that I'm sure everybody saw around the league, and it was, yeah. and it and it put the game on a trajectory early that pushed it away from us. Now we've been very slow starters this year and I think we're in the bottom three teams of points on opening drives um, but if the Texans can start early and put up points and force New England to be aggressive I think that's that that's where the Texans will find joy because if we have to chase the game against the New England defence there's only going to be one winner whereas if we can get out in front of the home crowd and force New England to be a bit more aggressive than they necessarily like to on the road in a prime time game I, I can see that's where the, the um where the success will come now. The, the, 
our offense can be, you know, hugely explosive. We went to Kansas City and we should have put fifty points on the on the board if it hadn't been for a couple of drops. So, you know, we, we've had had some really good games. We've also had some games where defenses have kind of got our number and gotten Watson's head. So he is susceptible to that. And if there's anybody that's going to do it, it's probably Belichick. Um, but in the games that we have played, um, you know, Watson has found a way to to, to produce. Certainly, this this um, New England defense this year certainly looks like it's. It's, it's at a point where it's playing at a high level. But as we said earlier, if you look at the teams we've actually played, uh, or the, you know, that's been beaten apart from, you know, that's been on the record apart from the Ravens, they probably haven't come up against a quarterback like Watson this, to this point this season. Perhaps the, probably the similar similarity, um, but a poorer man's version in, in, uh, in, in uh, Josh Allen at the Bills, then I think that's about as similar as it's coming. There was certainly, that was a much closer game than many they've played. So, there is definitely president there, and perhaps a bit of uh, a bit of um, law of averages that'll that'll turn into you know at least a close game. I think if it comes down to a tight game and the, the balls in Brady's hands, you'd never bet against him not to score. Um, but certainly, if there's ever a good time to play New England from a points output, and that's that's providing that we can keep the play a keen uh, clean game. Um, against the defense, and not give up scores and, and and not give up short fields, and I think the Texans would probably fancy themselves at the minute offense versus offense to put up more points. Yeah, I think you you could be right. Um, I mean, I didn't expect the such low scoring games the past couple of weeks. I didn't I didn't predict that at all. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't predict a low scoring game this weekend either because. If it had been at home uh, at Gillette, then possibly because you know you're out in the elements and stuff. But um, especially because you're you're down in the south and it's a lot warmer in general, and um, and being at Energy Stadium this time, then I think it's better conditions for all concerned from both sides of, of the offense uh, for Brady and for Watson and Edelman's catches um or drops i should say that they should you know dry up this week so he should be firing all cylinders and sanu should hopefully be back he was almost good to go on um sunday but i think they just wanted to to rest him make sure he doesn't do any more damage to his ankle than was already done in the previous week so from both sides if you're a neutral then Unless you're a neutral head wanting to watch the the six o'clock, if it, if they were both on at the same time and it was 49ers Ravens and it was Texans and Patriots, then maybe a bit of bias comes into this. But I would probably edge towards watching our game than their game, um, purely because this is quite an intriguing matchup. I guess theirs as well, but I think their game with the 49ers and Ravens could. Blow out almost either way. I wouldn't. I would not be shocked if the Forty Niners go and, um, you know, beat them by a couple of scores. Wouldn't wouldn't shock me at all. Um, whereas our one, I would, um, predict a high scoring but a lot closer game, um, than than that one. So, one thing that, um, possibly concerns me, um, as well from your perspective with the offense uh, apart from the actual run would just be um how Watson plays as you say possibly Jackson possibly Allen and um, that's the only two kind of quarterbacks you can compare it to 
that we've come up against this year. Um, Wentz, Wentz wasn't even at the races um, the other week, and when Prescott happened to stay in the pocket quite often, um, the not watching us a tendency for me, he he has a tendency to stay in the pocket a lot longer, which I give him a lot of respect for, rather than actually like scrambling. He's scrambling to pass. He's not scrambling to run and just get out of dodge. He wants to actually progress the ball downfield. So for me, if your line holds up and you know he's getting the time, just the way that they say that if Brady gets the time, he will pick passes, then Watson is good enough that he will stick it and stand in that pocket as more often, but it's maybe why uh, um, a question to you as well is maybe it's why he's picked up so many sacks. And a lot of people would say that you know he, he holds on to the ball more often than he actually should, and for a lot longer than he actually should. But if he does um, get it off in time, then you know he'll find his receivers. Uh, I can I can be assured of that, which is a worrying thing from from a Patriots perspective. Yeah, part part of the part of the play has been his, or part of the, the sack numbers, and I think sacks are just one of it's probably the most overhyped stat in in, uh, in the league. Just like I sort of alluded earlier, if, you know, if a, if a defensive end tackles a running back for a TFL in the backfield, the net impact is the same. Uh, you've just got you know less chance of injuring their their passer potentially. That's yeah. the only difference. Um, so it's a bit overhyped, I think. Yeah, I mean, part of the number that's inflated is because. He never knows. He doesn't know when the play's over. Now he regressed against Baltimore and had a play where it was over ten seconds from snap to to sack because he just would not give up with trying to find a, a play. Now he had options and it was one of his probably his worst game potentially since high school, um, and it was really that bad. And it just was a, a game that just everything that went against us piled up pretty quickly in the in the game. Uh, and ran away from us. I think, yeah, I mean, the, the line of, and the investment in the line that Texas have made has always been much publicised. I think, you know, bar Watson and potentially Hopkins and Fuller, I would say the next most important player on the team is Laramie Tunso, and he's been an absolute stalwart at left tackle. He's had a few issues with false start penalties, but he's been a great addition to the team. The, the, the steadying influence he's brought, and then we've managed to bring in two rookies at left guard and right tackle with first and second round picks has really solidified the line. Now the Colts front is a, is a, is a good one. Uh, you know, Jabal Shear, the former Patriot, has caused his issues at the Patriots and at the Colts. Justin Houston, um, and, and, and you know, big powerful pass rushers like that, and we held them to one sack and a handful of a, hand, a handful of quarterback hits last week. And there's been games where we've just kept the Sean, you know you know, perfectly clean in the pocket. Um and as you said, the Patriots don't tend to blitz too much um uh, from you know from from the secondary, uh which is probably his weakness um in picking that up at times. You saw that on Thursday where where the nickel comes in um off the edge and he doesn't get picked up and he gets a free run at him and can affect the pass or or uh or, you know at least get a hit on him before he gets the ball off. So um yeah, look, I think he's when he, when he's on, he's on, and he's he's a you know I think he's he's probably in the top five quarterbacks in the league when he's at his best, but he's also had some lows and um, the, the previous games that he's had against the Patriots have all been reasonably good, um, albeit it's only two, uh, but it, it, it's been good. I think with, with Will Fuller coming back this week, I think the the offense looks a dramatically different proposition uh, than than it is without him. I think also that the fact that Romeo Cornell knows. 
you know, how New England's offense works because it's similar to our own in some ways, uh, but it's evolved a lot more with Watson and with, uh, you know, RPOs and, and, uh, and you know, and, and sort of the more kind of modern concepts that you're seeing coming into the game from college football um, that wouldn't be run with Brady. But I think Romeo Cornell obviously won three Super Bowls with the, with the, uh, with the Patriots. And he, you know, and I think of, of the defensive performance that I've seen, I think I always think back to the one, um, in the playoff game that uh, when Osweiler was a quarterback and that was one of the, the few times I've ever seen Brady really lose lose his temper on, on the field just because he was getting hit that much um, and it was pressure up the gut and it was it was all the kind of things so the, that makes him uncomfortable um, for a guy of his mobility so yeah look if, if, if Cornell can get a game plan and call a good game versus what the Patriots are trying to do uh, with some inexperienced and also kind of limited uh players if they're you know Sunu's not quite fit he did quite a good job against us when he was at the Falcons prior to being traded to you so you know there's there's options there for you know for Brady to make plays and he will make them um it's just I think the game will come down to where the Texans can run the ball consistently with with Carlos Hyde being a great addition he's a very powerful runner can we use Duke Johnson in the passing game similar to what you guys have been, you know, so famous for getting the the running back into space and making plays on third downs, etc. Um, the defense be strong, and then if we can, if we they can just be sound and fundamental, not give up. You know, we, we were third in the league against the rush until the last couple of games, and then we played, you know, the number three and number one rush attack in the last two weeks. So the numbers have taken a bit of a hit. Um, but if we can get back to that fundamental football of, of stopping the run. Um, and being sound, I mean, our, our strength of our team's linebackers, but we've certainly, um, you know, on the evidence of Thursday, we've managed to to, to turn round our, our secondary, which was looking the biggest weakness, but we've brought in Garen Connolly, for, for, former first-round pick. We've brought in Vernon Hargreaves, who was dismissed by the Buccaneers, but had a great game on Thursday night. Uh, we've got Bradley Roby come. Hopefully he'll be back and fit. That'll be a really big plus if he is, because I think we'll need him. Um, just because of the, the, we need the more smarter veterans we've got playing against Brady that's seen it before um, is uh, is vital because Brady wins a lot of games before the ball snap because he's just done it for so long now. So if the defense can come in and and and, and put in just a solid performance and limit the points and we don't give away cheap drives and cheap scores with short fields, then I think you know the the longer the game goes on, you know, and 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 providing you know Fuller Hopkins. Stills, etc., are, are active in the game and are, you know, and are tight ends. We've got a tight end coming back, Jordan Thomas, who second-year players just come off IR. Was you know, it was probably you know, it was our best tight end last year. Not played a down, but we started to look, we started to put in three, three tight end packages uh, last week. So you know, you see the 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 Ravens being you know predominantly really good at that, and it's a copycat league. So do we take some of those concepts? that were successful um, in, the, in the game prior against New England, that Baltimore showed some of that quite possibly, but gives us that added advantage. So I think if it came from, if it was all things being equal, I think the Texans have got a chance to put up more points. I think it would just be a case of, do do we make enough mistakes that, that New England will ultimately punish them? Because that's why they've been so successful, being well-coached, well-drilled, fundamentally sound and capitalising on people's mistakes. If we can play a clean game on offence, defence, special teams, uh, and it comes down to just offensive output. I think then we could potentially get our first long-awaited win against a Patriots team that's that uh, that certainly looks to you know. And, and O'Brien's probably the most successful um, Belichick disciple. There's not been many, and it's more a bit product of the system. So I'm sure there'd be nobody more delighted if we could get that that first win would be him um, and some of the players that have kind of been here with O'Brien right from the start who've never seen never seen us beat them in his time here and this is now year six 
Yeah, he's um, as you say, he's about the only one that's actually done anything. Patricia doesn't seem to be doing anything up uh, in Detroit, although that could change it. A reasonable start to the season, then kind of they seem to have um, tapered away in recent weeks, and Vrabel seems to be in a, a yo-yo roller coaster ride with the the Titans. If they might have just stumbled upon their their new franchise QB, the, judging by what the Tannehill's been doing the past few weeks, and I think maybe the it seems the Mario experiment's over and he could possibly end up in Chicago or somewhere um, like that next year. But yeah, you're right. As, as I say, I think this could, with the conditions um, being right for both teams, I think it could come down to shootout and um, which set of linebackers comes out on top with you know more more pressures, more sacks, etc. Just actually just keeping the ball down the opposite end of the field away from the red zone essentially uh, in a way I like that and you mentioned about the playoff game um, with Osweiler I liked the how the Texans D approached that one with the the sort of in and out um, linebacker pressures you know just coming straight up the middle it's always something that I've looked out for from other teams to do since and nobody really seems to have done it so I'll be interested to see if something Similar comes um, on Sunday night um, for the primetime game against you guys. Um, something we've not mentioned um, that I think we should cover. I'm not. I, I mean, I'm obviously an outsider looking in. I'm not entirely sure how you guys have been this year in that part of the the game, but certainly for us, special teams has been um, cl- clinical and much needed at times and. We saw that on Sunday against the Cowboys. If it hadn't been for Slater doing the the block punt and setting us up with um, pretty much in the red zone, I think it was that that led to our touchdown. Then you know it could have been just a a field goal kicking game from both teams, and it would have been a lot closer than it actually was. So yeah, for 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 me as well, special teams will play a huge part uh, in the game on Sunday, and if we can keep that up and uh, again, keep all about keeping news down as far away from the red zone as possible. Obviously, um, that could set up short field positions and um, pick away at the game that way. Then, again, it could be high scoring either way, but I still think it'll come down to within a score probably um, is what I'm hedging towards just now anyway. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I mean, in terms of the... Um, in terms of the return return yards and special team, we've not really um, done much at all this season. Special teams has been an issue for us. Former um, Oakland and uh, New England special teams coach Brad Seeley came in last year, turned the unit around, made some real positive changes. But this year we've not quite seen the uh, the improvements. If I look at we're twenty sixth in in the in the punt return game. Um, and it's it's not been it's not been the the, the greatest um, New England 18th um, averaging 22 yards, um, but I think it's 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 difficult because I think I mean obviously the, the New England are, um, are are on their third kicker of the season is that right? And you know Fairburn had a great season for us. He led the league in points scored by any player last year. He's missed some kicks, but a lot of them have all been down to the holder. And we changed we we dismissed uh, Trevor Daniel uh, as a punter and bought, brought in uh, former Buccaneer Brian Anger um, into the team. And it's it's not quite it's, it's there's been operational issues with the kicking game. Uh, and we've missed some PATs and we've missed um, 
we've missed some um, you know some field goals at key times in games. So um, you know again, it just comes down to playing a clean game, and you know that I, I can guarantee you know of hundred snaps. New England will, will, will play the cleaner. It's just what will come down to on the night. But as you said, in a in a dome environment, um, it will be loud. Um, but in a dome environment, it will be uh, it's it's the conditions are a bit better than they are. And sometimes on these East Coast games where it can the the the, the swirling winds can uh, throw throw a throw a throw a fifty five yard field goal off versus inside. But there's you know a bit of air conditioning bluster, but that's about as bad as it gets. <laughs> So, excellent. All right. Well, thank you very much, Matthew. That was um, Matthew from Patriots Nation UK podcast joining us to review the Sunday night football matchup with the 10 and 1 Patriots come and visit the 7 and 4 Houston Texans. So, that was myself and Ewan from the Turn Up for What podcast previewing the Texans game at the weekend um, just before I leave you guys just the usual rate, review and subscribe as I said at the start of the podcast everything um, that you guys do you know, follow us on Twitter um, retweet any links to the show episodes or to, you know, just come and have a laugh with us you know, get interactive at Matt Inkster at the underscore panic and at Pat's Nation UK pod You'll find all the, that's all the handles for Twitter, and just come and have a bit of bants and a bit of laughter with us. Tell your friends, tell your mum, tell your dog, etc. Tell you if you're listening to this, then you know, tell your pats, um, friends, tweet, as I say, tweet out the links, um, retweet anything, come and have conversations with us. Um, PatriotsNationUK.com is the written work. Leave some comments of what you think of the articles. You might think they're terrible. You might think they're brilliant. I don't know, not uh, not until I get some comments and feedback will I know, until then I'll just keep spouting my nonsense like you love it. Um, so until then guys, till after the weekend with the Texans, uh, again sorry for the delay in the pod this week and squeezing two pods into one, the, sometimes these things can't be helped, as I said at the start, Nick's been sick as a dog. I've been slammed at work and it's just not worked out timings wise until um, this Friday afternoon noon that I'm recording. So until after um, hopefully picking up another W against the Texans on Sunday down there in the south. Remember guys, do your job as there are no days off.